0: This is Orion CKB. Welcome to Up Your Roas. This is a story I have to share with you all. All right, so listen, Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for episode two of Up Your Roas. Today we're gonna to be talking about lead generation, how it's changed, and how you can utilize Facebook to do it. So, everybody, welcome Yanni. How do you say your last name?
1: Uh, there's like a Greek way and English way to say it. English would be Kotsalitis. Greek way is Kotsalitis.
0: Kotsalitis. Kotsalitis. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome Yanni Kotsalitis to the podcast. He is a senior ad optimization expert. One of the things that he is a major expert in is lead generation. You know, introduce yourself. Um, you know, give us a fun fact and.
1: Yeah, so to piggyback off of everything that you were saying, uh, Senior Ad Optimizing Specialist here at Orion CKB. I've been here for, according to LinkedIn, three years now. Um, just happened today. Got the three-year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, big deal. Um, no, but more so um, outside of just being here for three years, I've been able to work cross vertical, being able to work with a of different clients, whether it be e-commerce, um, lead gen, so on and so forth. I've just kind of made a niche in lead gen, so... It's been fun. Um, fun fact? Fun fact, I guess, given them my name, I am Greek. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I lived there for a while when I was younger, um, go back every other summer, so I guess that's my fun fact.
0: It's a pretty cool fun fact. Yeah. So why don't we start at the beginning? Uh, you know, How would you say lead gen's changed just in the time that you've been working on it?
1: So lead gen in general has always been kind of, its I mean, it's been ingrained in kind of the internet. It's been there forever. Yeah. Um, back when sites got a lot, got away with a lot more um, and then obviously there's clickbait and different clickarb uh, companies that would be in their league aggregators that got away with a lot back in the day but as the internet grows it gets more and more refined, everybody's looking for a quality channel, nobody's looking to just make sure that they're just inundated with leads but I mean there is still people that think the more leads the better, what we argue now and what we've seen success with is the more quality leads the better so If you're used to seeing a $50 CPA because you were used to getting all these league aggregators that sold you leads, or you were able to get these leads for extremely cheap, but none of them ever backed out to what your quality metric is, we advertise against that because we'd rather spend your dollar um, getting you the most qualified lead up front, knowing that there's the least resistance to enroll.
0: So that was a lot of information kind of in one compact statement. So let's unpack that a little bit. When you say lead aggregator for somebody that might not be as familiar with what that is.
1: Yeah, so a lead aggregator is essentially just somebody that would go around, depending on what your vertical is, say if you're trying to get email addresses or if you're a college is trying to figure out um, people, students that may be interested in your school or if you are, say, a sweepstakes client that's trying to get people interested into your product and want to enter into your sweepstakes, the lead aggregator would basically go around and they would find that audience for you and they would sell it back to you.
0: So what is it now that you know, and that would what was the purpose of a lead aggregator? I guess to get you the cheapest CPLs.
1: Yeah, so basically they're going around and they're trying to find you the so based on your vertical, we'll try to find you the cheapest cost possible. So if you're doing it by yourself, say we'll use a school um uh, in this context would say it takes them about one hundred fifty dollars to acquire a lead. So somebody that's interested in your school. Leaguer Aggregator on their back end is able to get them for $20 a lead. They just find people that are super interested in further education. And then they will sell those leads back to the school for $50. So they've made double their profit back, but they've also, in the same time, um, reduced your cost up front as the school. Because you're getting it for $150, you're now buying it for $50.
0: And so what would be then the downside to using a lead aggregator?
1: They sell those same leads to a bunch of different people. So you're competing against them to enroll them. But at the same time, you are also not necessarily sure where these leads came from, how quality they are. um, Which kind of brings you into the next phase of this is kind of lead scoring, which basically means like from these league aggregators, we'll just use a one through five model, that these are a one, not qualified, they're not in here, but we're going to get a bunch of leads. Or they're five, which means that they are super quality and this lead aggregator is giving us great quality leads. We'll continue to buy from them. So lead scoring is another way to try to prevent getting poor leads. But I argue that if you're always getting good leads, you shouldn't need to lead score.
0: Now with lead, lead blah, 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 blah. now with lead aggregators. Is that something that they would use for Facebook campaigns? How has Facebook sort of changed the game for a lead
1: generation? Yeah, so league aggregators, are, it's not a space for Facebook. I mean, they still exist, and they stuff—they definitely exist on Facebook. It's just harder and harder and harder for them to get the same type of volume. So what Facebook's done is it's made it super easy for the end user, so the school itself, to get the lead at a super cheap rate, as opposed to these league aggregators getting it for kind of bottom-of-the-barrel prices. So it's made it much harder for them. And Facebook's also really wants to make it a quality channel. So I mean, it's getting even harder for clickbait type sites. It's getting harder for anybody that's not driving an end product to um, find a niche or find a groove on Facebook in general.
0: So with Facebook now sort of changing the game and making high quality leads more prevalent, how has that factored into what you guys do?
1: So it's not even that Facebook's making the leads super relevant, it's just Facebook's a super quality channel. You're still finding people that are super engaged with their feed, not necessarily posting every single day, but they're super engaged with what they're doing, they're super engaged with their behavioral trends, so um, as opposed to search where you're clicking on if you were trying to go to a school, you'd type in which school you're trying to go to and then eventually you'd enroll. Facebook knows that you are interested in some type of further education, so you get in front of the people that are looking for it. Um, so that alone just makes it a much more quality channel because it's picking up on these behavioral trends. It's super ingrained into your everyday life. I mean, the person that doesn't have Facebook has been on it at one point in time or will be on it again. Um, but it is, it's there, it's a mainstay. It's going to be here uh, for a while. So. Forever. Yeah, so just the fact that They've been able to do such a great job in being able to find the user and being able to pick up on the behavioral trends. It's just a really good spot for whatever type of lead gen you're trying to run. I keep putting it in the context of an education client, but this works for a sweepstakes client. It works for people trying to further enhance their email campaigns for maybe a retention or an email marketing campaign. It works in just a... any type of lead
0: generation. Mm -hmm. So what Facebook tools do you specifically use the most uh, when focusing on new leads?
1: So the the good thing about lead gen is that you can actually use anything. Um, And people kind of shy away from using the tools that seem a little too brandy, seem a little too um, DR-focused or brand-focused. I mean, DR-focused would be your best bet. But everything would be would be capable for lead gen. So, I mean, when you think of a link ad, you click off and you submit a lead. I mean, that's the lowest funnel you can get, but you can get it with a Canvas campaign. You can get it with anything. Lead gen is your least resistance to success. So what I would say is that you can use all the products. It's just about the follow-up that really what makes Facebook lead nurturing or lead nurturing in general super successful on Facebook.
0: Yeah, so how is it that you sort of nurture these leads? How do you keep potential leads engaged?
1: Yeah, so I guess the big thing here is that you want to make sure that your first your first touch is your most quality um, contact. So we're going after audiences that we know, or we have have we have known to be successful, and we've known that they have and produce quality. So and then obviously it comes with a bunch of testing, working with the client, being able to find out what their niche is, what their audience is like, and being able to test that, and um, maybe using search or display or what they done on Twitter as a, as a an outline, but. The Facebook user is really unique to what Facebook has. So if those continue to work, then great. But if we do find an area where we are hitting your quality metric, so say for example, this is a school and your quality metric is an enrollment and that, t- that costs $1,000 cost per enrollment is what you need to be deemed successful, um, we'd rather get you a $1,000 lead and a $1,000 enrollment. We'd rather be tick for tack. But if we can get you leads at $150 and know that that enrolls at a $100, great. We never want to get you $10 leads and your cost per enrollment is $3,000. The fact that we're getting you super cheap leads has done nothing for us um, in your quality metrics because that's exactly that's where you measure your revenue. So,
0: so. basically it's quality over quantity Absolutely. is sort of the main mm-hmm.
1: – uh, Yeah. But the thing is if we, if we are driving you – say we are driving you $100 leads and your cost per enrollment is $1,500, there is quality there you can get that you can get that cost per enrollment goal down by following up, making sure that you re engage as users. So there's different products on Facebook that could definitely drive a higher funnel type user. So they're definitely still in the consideration phase. Being able to reengage them, being able to show them different messaging to eventually enroll them could be could come at a, a minimized cost because you're just going after leads that have already converted as a lead. So they're already interested in your product. But reengaging them with your product could make it easier for them to close and actually whether it be enroll or sign up or enter into your sweepstakes could happen i mean at a really really cheap cost
0: so do you advocate sort of following different paths through the funnel you know some people that are super engaged and definitely want to commit versus somebody that's sort of maybe searching you know do you have like best practices that you use for one versus the other
1: so yeah i mean what i would say for your legion campaign given what your goal is uh, definitely try to find your audience that um is providing you the cheapest cost per lead up front. Um, you always want to use a barometer. So say if this is month one of you in face, um, for yourself in Facebook and you have gotten yourself your cost per lead goal to be X and that is what you've seen historically, great. But make sure that you're measuring that to the quality metric. So you I would say definitely allot yourself about 28 days to first acquire your leads. But then I would also say uh, let yourself have another month afterwards to see if they enroll, see what your number is, see what how long it takes for these leads to mature Um, there could be a time where you find that it takes longer than 30 days post lead to enroll so definitely give yourself a little bit of time here but once you do find out what the quality metric is work against it and then make sure that you always are re-engaging your leads because they've shown interest in what you're doing Um, and then if I mean there's going to be some drop off but more likely than not you will convert a large amount of your users that have submitted a lead
0: and how would you say sort of lead generation on Facebook uh, can play into lead generation on using search?
1: So search is definitely I mean I think they're symbiotic. They work together. You don't want to do one without the other. I would always say that I'd always argue that there's a lift from search and there's a lift from Facebook. Facebook has done a great job with their inventory source and that's where the new inventory is. Facebook's inventory is going to continue to grow. I would say that search works in comparison I mean it's tough because a lot of lead gen clients don't really work post-impression. Um, but you definitely need to see how much of a lift that being displayed on Facebook gives your search campaigns could be a time where your school your product, your sweepstakes could all be appearing on on Facebook and then your user could go on to the search side of things and say hey I want to see a little bit more about this and then convert so at that point Facebook definitely drove the interest but search got the credit since search is a little bit more intent based you are going there for the purpose of what you're searching. It's gonna get it's gonna give you probably cheaper CPLs, but Facebook is going to provide you with that interest. It's going to provide it. So, I mean, with search being interest based and being able to, I mean, I mean demand based. You're going there for a product. You're going there for a reason. Facebook's been able to get something very, very comparable just based off interest. So, that, imagine if you were to extrapolate on how large that could be. It's right. tough. While well, on search, you know that hey, about 10,000 people click on this a day. It's going to be your volume. On Facebook, if you bid for it, you'll get it. And um, it's a a soft kind of algorithm we have on our back end to try to figure out um, what bidding too high, what budgeting too high, and where the CPL kind of explodes. So Facebook is definitely not as refined as Google is in terms of being able to find estimated audiences, but it's big. There's a lot of space there to (laughs) go.
0: Well, that's always a good thing, especially as you know more and more people are now going online. How would you say budget perhaps factors in? You know, if you're you know say an education company that's looking for leads and you have millions to spend, versus you know an email marketing campaign where you might have fifty thousand. Does that affect how you go after leads, or is it still more uh, just focusing on the quality metric?
1: Yeah, so I'd, I'd say that I would never get too scared of what your CPL is upfront. I mean. Obviously, there is a number that's going to be pretty high, but we worked with an EDU client once upon a time that we were getting a CPL that was four times higher than what they wanted. And we ran them for a month and a half. We explained the process. We said that we need to let um, these leads mature. We ended up not working with that client uh, post the two-month trial. They came back four months later and said that we enrolled about 25% of the leads that we drove. Wow. And... um We've been working that for them for three years now, post that. So it's about being able to actually see that don't be too stuck on your CPL goal. Um, make sure that you are measuring this against your quality. So if you do have a small budget, we understand that the, I mean, each dollar is pretty sensitive. I mean, ones that have million dollars that you could let $10,000 fall through the crack and they probably wouldn't even recognize it's gone. <laughs> right. But um, $10,000 for the $50,000 client, you've lost a fifth of their budget. So right. making sure that what... We go in there as refined as possible on step one is definitely what we'd like to do, but you have to allow yourself the ability to grow and learn and test to find these audiences that are quality. So I would say that try to approach it as refined as you can. Be diligent, but you have to let things mature.
0: And so when you say uh, to go at it as refined as possible do you still take that same refinement and do that for the big budget clients um, and then expand? Is that what the extra budget sort of lets you do?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, with a big budget client, the only difference is that we can test a lot more. We can go see what unique trends or unique uh, fields really, really work. So with a smaller client, we definitely try to go for Facebook's best practices. We make sure that we take our learnings across all verticals and apply it um, to the smaller client. But, in general, if you have a bigger client, you you know what? You say, let's get a little bit more adventurous with this. Let's try this. Let's put the more aggressive strategy here. Let's take a conservative approach. Have a retention campaign, a lead nurturing campaign. Try all 10 of Facebook's lead uh, um, lead platform products. So, another lead ad, link ad, canvas, all that stuff. Um, it just allows you to try more. It doesn't mean that you should try less on um, on a $50,000 budget, but inherently you can't spend as much. Right. So making sure that you go at it step by step and you find what works, what works should be able to yield you more revenue, so eventually allowing you to test more in the future.
0: Well, and I'm sure they would love for it to yield more revenue every yeah. single time. <laughs> so now, basically, of, of all the things that you've said today, can you kind of give, you know, maybe three or four top best practices if you're doing lead generation on Facebook?
1: Yeah, I would say that, um, well, first, I would say know your audience, but don't be afraid to know your audience on Facebook. Facebook, I've seen it time and time again. It's not search. It's not display. It's not Twitter. It's not um, Pinterest. It's Facebook users are very different. Um, So be able to understand your Facebook user. Um, They're probably different than what you've historically seen. Uh, and then I would also say make sure that you nurture your leads make sure that you are engaging them you touch base or in some whether that be through email or through another Facebook campaign but make sure that you continue to engage them and lastly make sure that you measure quality more so than quantity um, getting inundated in leads may seem great you may seem like you have thousands and thousands of leads but if they don't convert then you just have thousands and thousands of names not, um, not anything to do with them so Make sure that you always measure quality.
0: So to recap, you said know your audience, but especially know your audience on Facebook and how that can affect things. Continue to nurture and engage with your leads. And then last but not least, it's always uh, quality over quantity. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. Thanks, Thanks, Jess. You have a little call sign, no mic and mic in mid morning?
1: I got nothing yet. I mean, I'm probably going to use my initials, so YJK. That's going to be my sign off.
0: There you go. <laughs> YJK, uh, peace and out. Thanks again for joining us for episode two of Up Your ROAS, the podcast brought to you by Orion CKB. We hope you've learned a lot about lead generation today. If you have any more questions, feel free to check out our website at www.orionckb.com. Thanks.